Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks... Last year, we, we started our Earth Walk. It's been a year now. And basically, we've been entering into a study of the Gospel of Luke, journeying with Jesus through the Gospel of Luke. And one of the reasons why I decided to do the Gospel of Luke and call it Earth Walk is because I really wanted us to study the life of Jesus. Because, And I've shared this with you before, because so many times in church... We think we know a lot about Jesus, but the reality is we probably know very little. Because most of what we hear in church is how we're supposed to live, what we're supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do. A lot of times spent telling us what we're not supposed to do. But very little is really there for us to know about Jesus and what he calls us to or, or who he is and what it is about him that's amazing. And so... Really up to this point in chapter 9, we've seen a lot about Jesus. We've seen him as the miracle worker. We've seen him as the great teacher calling us to something that's higher. He's calling for a response from us. We see Jesus who comes really in conflict with morally superior people. That is, people who, quote, got their act together, religious people who got their act together, who who really want to snub their nose at everybody else, but... They don't like Jesus because Jesus interacts with just average, everyday people, people who've got problems. And so now we come to chapter 9, and there's a shift in the whole book of Luke. And it really started with the passage right before this passage, which we saw last week, where Jesus asks his disciples, Who do you say that I am? Who am I, guys? What does the crowd say? Well, you know, of course, they rattle off what the crowd says. Then he says, okay, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds rightly, rather abruptly, but rightly, well, you're the Christ of God. You're the Messiah of God. You're, you're it. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right. And from this point on, look with me. Here's what it says. Look with me. Verse 22, the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised on the third day. So he immediately says, yeah, that's who I am. But here's what's going to happen, guys. I'm going to die. I'm going to die for you. But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. And so, what we see here is Jesus is shifting the focus now. He's no longer wanting to be seen as the miracle worker. No longer wanting to be seen as the guy who's coming in conflict with with these religious, moralizing people. He's telling them, I'm God. And I'm going to die for you. And then there's another turning point that happens here because now... Jesus is going to tell them what he wants from them. And so when we look at this passage, we're going to kind of answer two questions in our mind. And let me give you what those questions are. The first question is this. What is Jesus calling us to? When we look at these verses, verses 23 through 26, we're going to see that Jesus is going to give a radical call. Folks, it's radical. In fact, let me just be honest with you. When I was studying this passage, I was thinking about April of 1985, I gave my life to Jesus. I was a freshman engineering student at the University of South Carolina. And I remember distinctly giving my life to Christ. 
on a Tuesday evening. And, and I think back from that time on up to this point right here, and I think back to all the messages I've heard of great speakers and stuff, conferences I've gone to and everything, in those 20-some years, I never was confronted as I was this week with what Jesus was saying. Because I, was, I heard about what it was to live like a Christian and, and, and to do the things and to serve and all of that. But to really listen to what Jesus was calling me to, what Jesus was saying to me, didn't really hit me until I started studying for this passage. I'll just be honest with you. Because He's calling us to something that I'm going to be honest with you is radical. And it's radical compared to just normal church Christian life. Period. And when we look at it, you're going to see that it's radical. So we're going to try to answer the question today, what is Jesus calling us to? And then the next question is, is are you willing to make that commitment? Because what he's asking us and calling us to, we've got to make a decision about. And so you've got to make a decision whether or not you're going to commit to what Jesus is saying. So let me just stop for a moment. When you look at what Jesus is saying, it's Jesus who's saying it, not George. Because that's what struck me this week. Because when I was reading this passage and studying it, I thought, man, I... I don't ever recall in church, I don't ever recall hearing any of my pastors ever say to me, this is what Jesus calls us to. And there it is right there in the passage. You say, okay, well, what's he say? Well, let's look together. Look with me at verse 23. Then he said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, and of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes to his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Basically, we're going to divide this thing this into two parts, folks. We're going to see the call, and then we're going to see a proper perspective concerning the call. So first thing, let's notice the call. Look at what Jesus says there. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That's the call. That's the radical call. Now, now here's the problem, folks. I have read that passage many times in my walk with God. But you've got to think about what he's saying. because many, I'll read it and just move on to the next verse and move on and not really consider. Jesus is issuing a radical call that we're going to see three points come out of here. Three points that he's trying to tell us here. First of all, Jesus calls us to make a radical decision. How do I know that? Look at the first part of what he's saying there. If anyone desires to come after me. So he's calling us. He's saying, if you're here, if you're listening to me, Jesus is saying, if you're desiring to follow after me, if you're wanting to come where I'm going, if you're wanting to follow my example, if you're wanting to do what I'm saying to do, because notice, he's talking to the disciples. He just revealed to them, yes, I am the Christ of God. I am the Messiah. I am it. And I'm going to die for you. Now, guys, if you want to come with me, you've got to make a radical decision. Let's just stop for a moment. How many times have you heard that in church? I haven't. I have not heard that. Oh, yeah, I want people to come to Jesus, but come. Jesus is saying, come, but you've got to make a decision. You've got to make a radical decision. And look at what he's calling them to do. First of all, he's calling them, he calls us to give up control. 
That's radical. Look at what he says there. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. I don't know about you. We have a little saying in my house. It's become a joke now, but, you know, usually, you know, I'll talk about what I'd like to see happen, and my kids and my wife will say, it's all about you, George. It's all about you. I'm a control freak. Let's be honest. We're all control freaks, aren't we? We like to be in control. We don't like to give up control. And this is when we have problems. Have you noticed when problems happen? The reason why we get so out of whack because of our problems is because when problems happen, things get out of control and we're no longer in control. And we don't like that, do we? We want to be in control. And, and in fact, have you ever noticed that when stuff gets out of whack and we're no longer in control, how quickly we want to gain control back? I mean, even when when pain comes, we want to minimize pain because we are in control. And that's just, can I be honest with you, that's natural. That's human. That's all part of the fall. That's all part of the original sin that happened in the garden is we want to be in control. And and that's how we live our lives. And so, yeah, it's a joke in my house. It's all about George. And I, I give it back. It's all about you, Lori. And if you think about it, that's where we're at. Now, what Jesus is calling us to, he's saying, guys, I'm calling you to a radical decision. If you're saying you want to follow me, if you're saying you love me, and if you say you want to come after me, then here's what I'm calling you to do. I'm calling you to do something that's completely radical. And folks, it is. He said, I'm calling you to give up yourself. Give up control. Deny yourself. I don't know, George. I've got to think about that one. Folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been a preacher now 15 years. I've been a believer now almost 26 years. I can't remember anyone saying to me, I I have to think this is almost just like overlooked what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying, guys, if you want to come after me, you've got to give up control of your life and you've got to let somebody else take control. I don't remember that ever happening. Yeah, we want forgiveness. Yeah, we want a relationship with God, but give up control? That's radical. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. The first thing, when I say that kind of thing, because it enters into my mind, so when I speak what I'm about to speak, it's coming from George. The first thing that enters in my mind when I hear a radical call like that to give up control of my life, the first thing that enters into my mind is fear. What does that mean? Well, if I'm not in control, who's going to be in control? I don't like problems. I can just foresee problems. It is about George. Doesn't it enter your mind? I don't know, Jesus. I mean, I love you. Yeah, you're God of the universe. You created everything, but be in control? Think about how silly we are. The rationalization that goes on in our mind. What he's calling us to is something completely radical. To give up control of our lives. To give up control of our lives. Here's something else he calls us to. He wants us to die daily to our desires. Look at what he says here. And I hope you don't understand what it means. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Now, I need to help you understand that when we read that, we kind of understand what he says. And some of you would even say, well, yeah, man, I'm wearing it right here. And you've got a gold or silver cross or... 
you know, maybe a cross tattoo or whatever. That is not what he's talking about. In their mind, they would not be even thinking about a piece of jewelry. To them and their mind, think about the disciples. When they hear cross, they're thinking like we would think of as an electric chair. They're thinking of an instrument of execution, a cruel instrument, because they probably have seen, folks, this is what the Romans would do. When they would execute someone, we don't, we don't do it this way. When, when somebody's executed, like, you know, I, I'm from the state of South Carolina, when somebody's executed, they got a prison, and they bring him into a special part of the prison, and there's only a few witnesses, and nobody ever sees what goes on there when the execution happens. And, and it really isn't a public spectacle, because we don't do that. That's not our culture. But in their culture, they made it a public spectacle. And they would line the road with crosses, with criminals hanging on them. That was the Roman way of doing it. And why would they do that? It was basically for a deterrent. Like, if you do this, this is you. So in their mind, they understand what he's talking about when he says, take up a cross. He's talking about, you need to be willing to die. You want to follow me? I'm going to die for you. You need to be willing to die for me. That's what he's saying. That's radical. Because we don't, we don't like that. I mean... We don't like to think that way. And here's what he's talking about. And, and ultimately what he's talking for you and I is that we need to desi- die to our desires of what we want. And believe me, that motivates us, don't us? I mean, because here's the thing. If we, we had a fellowship time right now, let's say we go downstairs for the dinner, instead of having a, a meeting, we have like, oh, let's have a sharing time. Share your dreams with me. Some of you would share dreams. Well, man, I'm thinking this year I'd like to do something with that room. New paint job or... New windows, or man, like to get, you know, maybe a maybe this for hunting, a new gun, or this or that, and and you a new truck, you know. I'm sharing stuff in my mind, uh, you know. You know, we have them, don't we? We have them, and and a lot of them. Let's be honest with you. The desires are what drive us in our lives. Isn't that true? You work like you work because you want something. You either want something because you're a workaholic and you're focused on the company. You work because you want recognition at the company. Or you work like you work because you want to provide a lifestyle which you want to live in. Or, you know, and you want to get those dreams fulfilled or whatever. And, and, and the reality is, is all of us are driven by our desires. And let's be honest, a lot of us, our desires control us. And so he calls us to a radical decision, number one, to give up control of our lives, which means I'm going to have to take up my cross, which means I'm going to have to take up that instrument of execution and die to what controls me, my desires. My desires. What's more important? And folks, I can already answer that question for George. I can't answer it for you, but I can answer it for me. A lot of times my desires are more important than God. Just like you. And the radical call that Jesus is calling us to is to die to them. But he gets one other thing here. There's one other call, one other part of his radical call to us, and that's this. Look what he says. Take up his cross, and here's the third part, and follow me. What's he saying here? He calls us to follow his example. Follow his example. Well, what example is that, George? He just said, who am I? Well, you're... You're the Messiah of God. Yes, you're right. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be put on a cross and die. But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. And it's for you. I'm going to endure all of this shame and suffering and humiliation for you. 
That's his example. That's his example. That he would be willing to expend himself for the sake of others. That's the radical call he's calling us to. Folks, that's radical even in our culture because in our culture it's all about who, isn't it? Ourselves. About me. So when my family jokes with me and says, that's all about you, George, they're right. It's about you too. He's issuing this radical call. You've got to make a decision. So then he goes on, verse 24 to 26, and he wants to help you to put the call, this radical call, into proper perspective. He wants you to, to be able, because you can look at that and say, well, you know, I don't know, George, because, all right, yeah, I understand Jesus is calling it to us, and you're, you're helping me to understand what he's saying, but I really don't know. I mean, that's, that's radical. That is radical. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. Well, Jesus wants to give us a perspective as to why we need to do it. Why is it so important that we respond this way? So notice with me. Look with me. First of all, verse 24. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Here's what he's saying. Self-focus leads only to death. The first thing Jesus is saying is this. Look, if your focus is you, and it's all about you, and so everything you do is about you, and you, and you, and and you're doing everything you can for the benefit of you, to save you, to help you, to keep you comfortable, then, folks, you're going to lose it. The very thing that you're trying to achieve, you're never going to achieve in your life. If it's all about you and what you want and all that you want and happiness for you, you're never going to find it. In fact, you're going to die. It will kill you. But if you lose your life for my sake, that is, if if I become your focus, Jesus says, and everything that you do is for me, and living for me because you answer to my radical call, you'll gain your life. Isn't that true? This is what Jesus is saying. If you're focused on self, it leads only to death. Look, it's true. This, this principle that Jesus is giving us is true in every area of your life. If your focus is on you and your marriage, I can almost guarantee you, you just need to ask your spouse, it's killing your marriage. Just being honest. If your focus is, is that your spouse is there for you to meet your needs, you're killing your marriage. If your focus in your family, listen to me, whether you are a parent or a child, if your whole focus in your life is it's all about me and what I want, you're killing your relationships. They're not there for you. You're killing them. This is a principle that is right across the... And this is the perspective he wants us to have. When we focus on self and what we want, we die. Death is not necessarily a physical death that he's talking about. It's a spiritual or relational death. And so for some of us, we've got to quit saying it's all about me. Here's the other thing he says. Look with me at verse 25. He wants to get you a little bit further to keep a proper perspective so you understand the call that he's saying. He says, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? Here's the point I want you to see. It doesn't matter what you have achieved. Here's what Jesus is saying. Man, you could be working your butt off at work and you could get the promotions and you could get the pay. And you can have all the toys. 
Isn't that what the bumper sticker says? He who dies with the most toys wins? That's not what Jesus is saying. You can have everything. Great marriage, great kids, great reputation, money, and then you lose it all because you die. There was a song I heard, a Christian song one time that said, you've never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch. That's so true, isn't it? Jesus says you need to keep it in proper perspective. Self-focus will lead only to death. And here's it doesn't matter what you achieve. Because you could gain everything and in the end you lose it all. And your soul. Do you understand the basis? See, here's the thing. This is why we like to be in control. Because we like to be in control because we want stuff. I mean, I love going to Walmart. And look at stuff. What do they have new? that I can't live without, that I don't even know about yet. Isn't that true? And then you get it. And in two months it's broke. Jesus says, look, it doesn't matter what you've achieved. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. Listen, you know what, here's the thing. I'm, I'm getting older now. Here, here, here's the scoop. Here's what I'm finding as I'm getting older. I look back on the stuff that I've done, achieved, moved on, Somebody else came along and filled my place and did better. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, maybe you got accolades in your company. Woo! You're a great worker. Wow! Until they found somebody else who did a better job. Then they're the great worker. And who are you? This is what Jesus is trying to get us to understand, folks. What does it matter if you gain the whole world, but in the end you lose it all? There's one other perspective he gives us. Look with me, verse 26. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of his holy angels. Here's what he's saying. Rejecting Jesus leads to ultimate rejection. Rejecting Jesus leads to ultimate rejection. Here's what he's saying. You know, I used to hear this verse. I, I, have, to, I have heard this verse, and it's usually meant if I'm ashamed of sharing the gospel with others, then Jesus will be ashamed of me later on. How many of you have heard it that way? That is not what he's talking about here, folks. The words, the context, because remember, you've always got to look at the text in the context, because if you take the text out of the context, you're left with what? A con. And so we've been conning ourselves a lot. Here's what he's saying, folks. When you look at verse 26, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, what is he talking about there? Look at the context. What is he talking about here? Me, he just revealed who he was and what's going to happen to him. He's the Messiah of God, the Christ of God, and he's going to die for us. What are his words? His radical call. Follow me. Give up control. That's, his, that's the words he's saying. And if I'm ashamed of it, if I'm rejecting that, then he says later on, then you'll be rejected. See, rejection leads to ultimate rejection. See, because here's how we like it. Because I know, I'm like this. Because when I'm reading this passage, this is, this is where George is at. So I'm going to give you George's thought process. Okay, Jesus. Uh, yeah. I see what you're saying, but it is all about me at home. I don't know if I want to give up control. Maybe next week. You know what? As I'm thinking about it, Jesus, maybe even not next week. How about two years from now? How about right before I die, whenever that is? Isn't that the way we think? 
And so we think we've got options because we like options. We like multiple options. We, we like Burger King. Have it your way. And we like options. When we go buy vehicles, we look at the what? What are the options? That's not the way it is with God. He's pretty direct in your face. It's like you either accept what I'm saying or you don't accept what I'm saying. And if you accept what I'm saying, you'll gain your life. But if you don't accept what I'm saying, the time will come when I will be back. And what he's referring to here in this passage is when he comes back in judgment, folks. Because you were ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. And Matthew says this, in that day they'll come to him and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name? And he'll say what? Depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. See the perspective we need to have, folks? He's calling us to something radical. When I was studying this passage, he was calling me to something radical. He was calling me to something more in my marriage. He was calling me something more in my family. He was calling me something more in my pastoring of this church and you folks. In my walk with God, he was calling me to make something a radical shift that it's not about George anymore. It's not about me. It's about you, Jesus. That's what he's calling us to. In fact, let let me give you three thoughts as we kind of wrap this up here. How would you describe your commitment? How would you describe your commitment? And really, folks, what I'm talking about is your commitment to Jesus. Let's just start there. That's That's the ultimate commitment. How would you describe your commitment to Jesus. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, folks. I mean, uh, we can play head games with each other. We can say, well, you know, I'm okay. I mean, I'm committed to him. Yeah. Come on, let's be real, because I know where I'm at. And I've been pretty vulnerable with you guys and told you this has been a challenge for me, too. And the reality is, is that we live in a culture where commitments don't mean anything. Is that not true? I mean, you can sign contracts and they'll find a way to get around it. So I'm I'm asking you and I, for myself and you, we need to ask the question, what's your commitment like? What's your commitment like? Are you in control? Is it all about you? That's a hard one, isn't it? In fact, that brings me to the next point. Give up control. Put aside your fears. Now, the fear that we have is the unknown because... You know, give up control. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. And so, therefore, I'm not willing to give up control. What does it mean if I give up control? Everything will go crazy. Everything will go haywire. I've got to be in control. So you're in control. And have you noticed how well that's working out? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed how well being in control works out for you? Because I know how well it works out for me. It doesn't. So give up control. And think about it. Let, let, let's, let's, let's be real about it for a moment. Think about who we're giving up control to. We're giving up control to the God of the universe who knows everything, who expresses perfect love towards us. Can't think of a better person to give up control to, can you? But we're still afraid. We're still afraid. Give up control, folks. And then finally follow Jesus. That's what he's calling us to. Follow him. Remember, Jesus is the one who said, the blind leading the blind will only lead him into a ditch. Remember that? We'll say, well, we don't want to do that. Well, it's not the blind who will be leading you. When you follow Jesus, it's Jesus who will lead you. Can't think of a better guide, can you? 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.